25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, St. Louis. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing. With me is my buddy, longtime friend, Caddy. John Perlis, good morning. Perley, what's going on? Good morning. Glad to be here. Nothing much going on except I'm ready to uh, to get going with this show. Let's do it then. Uh, this, this show is formatted like a round of golf. The first segment is called On the Range segment. Um, please look for these outlets on social media. Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is uh, Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing and my Instagram account is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm going to act like I am uh, knowing a whole lot about. Well, you're paying my, for it, so that you can act like it. My social media, but um, Drew and his uh, awesome team at BYK Digital is rocking my social media yes, stuff. Yes, they are. Yes, they and, are. And um, we just um, uh, talked a little bit about the uh, Valentino Dixon um, show that we did uh, at the beginning of the month. They did a great job down there, and um, that's a that whole interview can be seen on. Uh, Facebook, and uh, we like live streaming uh, right now, and so um, let's talk a little bit about our show. We, I'd love to start it off with our interview with Justin Hoagland, um, so let's go down to Justin at Golf Tech right now. Good morning, Jay. I like this topic. This is a important topic for us here at Golf Tech, and a lot of people think that we just do golf instruction, but you know we do club cheating as well, so make your way on over to Golf Tech if you, if you decide you want to get fitted for clubs or we're well equipped for it. Uh, the iron fitting process is very, very important. Uh, look, um, the first thing we'll do is um, is determine an iron model uh, that, that you need. If we're doing an iron fitting, for example, uh, and through this, your individual goal must be considered and have in mind what have, we have in mind. Um, for example, are you looking for consistency or distance or to hit it higher or lower? You know, other students buy clubs uh, because their favorite player plays them. That's okay, and whatever the reason, the goal uh, you have must be to must be taken in, into consideration. Uh, you know, we help narrow down the options uh, to a few club heads or iron models, and compare their performances and determine what's best for them. Um, the preference of the player certainly matters. We don't overlook that. Uh, we'll try to uh, get the, the numbers on the launch monitor all, um, all collected and see which one was see which one rises to the top, what model rises to the top. And if one doesn't stand out, we can help make the final recommendations for students. We do it all the time. Um, so determining the iron, iron model is number one. Number two, go through a, a lengthy interview process, ask questions about their game, uh, how you currently hit the ball with your current clubs, too high, too low, et cetera. Um, use those answers to ensure that issues and desires are, are, are addressed in that. Awesome, Justin. Thanks again. Uh, these series are great. He's got some really good information. It's the right time of year, too. We need this information. Get everybody kind of fired up, uh, uh, swinging with uh, getting into the whole season when the weather's finally kind of coming around and golf courses are firming up a little bit. Uh, I got I to pitch the Fisher House Golf Tournament uh, June 6th at Forest Park. It's benefiting veterans um, as a home away from home for their families. Uh, great. Great charity. It means a lot to me. I will be there at Forest Park. Um, they look at it as uh, our greatest national treasure is the men and women serving our country and their loved ones. So uh, great. Are you going to be playing? you just be hanging out? Yeah, I'm going to be hanging out. Doing? I'm going to be hanging out. I'm going to help them with a little bit of the, the auction afterwards, the dinner and things like that. Maybe awesome. tell a story or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, really cool. So excited about this show, Pearl. Uh, we got an interview from... Uh, Cy Young Award winner, Cardinal Hall of Famer, three-time All-Star, 15-year big league career, awesome dude, Chris Carpenter. Carp is um, gracious enough to uh, to go on with us. I uh, can't wait for the folks to hear what he's got to say. That's awesome. I asked you before, is he a golfer? Um, he, he plays a little bit. You know, okay. he's, he's busy with the Cardinals in a special role, and he's got two kids, and so he's... Um, uh, really concerned about how he spends his time now because you know lot, during his career, yeah. yeah, during his career, he's away from the kids, and he's, you know, he said, um, "Look, I don't want to miss 
like I did before. I don't yeah. want to miss as much. So, you know, you really take your hat good off stuff. to that. Good Lives in New Hampshire. Do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, now to talk about this a little bit, Pearl. Are the South Korean men starting to surge on the PGA Tour? Look, we know on the LPGA Tour, Siri Park started yes, she did. a tsunami mm-hmm. of domination by the South Korean women. And I think maybe Asian in general. I mean, granted, South Korean for sure, that's key. That was super important to the country. They rallied around it with all kinds of uh, next-level what training centers and different things that you could kind of come up through the ranks. But I think it kind of gave that whole part of the world a view of, hey, maybe maybe we can do some of that. Check the, check this out, Pearl. When the, the, I've done, what, three women's U.S. Opens for Fox. When we were there talking to, you know, great golf ambassadors like Julie Inkster, we go out and have dinner and we're talking about the women's game. They said that South Korea could host a Ryder Cup-style um, team, pair the rest of the world against South Korea. Ladies. This is ladies. Right? Yep. And not win. South Korean women would, would win. win against the rest wow. of the world. So wait a minute. The country of South Korea could kick the rest of the world's butt in women's golf. That's amazing. really is. But we're talking about the men right now, and the reason being is— um, But I know your point. You know, is this going to follow? So the women kind of led the way in that, and now is the same thing going to start ha- happening with the guys? Well, there's certainly some uh, some inklings that it could be coming. Yep. Well, we've got, we've got um, C.T. Pan just won an event, what, three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now um, Sung Kang just won uh, an event. And, um, boy, there's great players like uh, Wee Kim. You know, there's there's a lot of really good uh, male South Korean players. And one of the things, uh, talking to these guys, this is interesting, Pearl. Both of the guys that I talked to about this when I did the U.S. Open um, last year, both of them said their fellow countrymen winning – gave them the confidence to know that it didn't matter about the PGA Tour anymore. He did it. I can do it. It's pretty cool. I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool. So KJ, KJ Choi, did he maybe kind of lead lead that away. deal, kind of be the Surrey Pack type of, of the guys? Because now you've got some wonderful Chinese players. Yes, you coming do. Out, coming up. How uh, Tong Lee comes to mind. How Tong has had a great um, early year in 2019. Um yeah, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. And I, I can't even start to try to remember the gentleman's name. The great big guy. Effie uh, Barnrat from Thailand? Yes. yes. So yeah, now that, again, Barnrat. I'm just saying from, from that kind of yes. region of the world, no, seeing no. that, hey, we work on our games, we get this figured out, why can't we go? He can play. Oh, but That guy can play. He does not look like the modern-day golfer. No, he, he looks like a throwback into our generation. Yep. You know, a little, little bit like lumpy. Little lump, little, little lump going on there, a little yep. chubby, little soft, but, man, he's got great hands. That oh. the, the, the dynamic he's got in his swing – I mean, is spectacular. Now, he is considered in Thailand the John Daly mm. of Thailand just because he's got that kind of grip it and rip it mentality. And hopefully not that lifestyle. I don't think so. I hope not. Not, hope not quite that extreme yeah. anyway. We love John. John yeah. will be on the show, too, and it will be a great hey, show. I, you love him. I just yep. right. I don't, right. I don't even think he wishes he had no, that, no, that right. lifestyle sometimes. Right. Um, so, anyway, it's uh, great to see such a um, surge by that part of the world. And I don't know how you feel about this, but... I golf in this global scope, and then the PGA Tour, folks, is really the world tour. Yep. It is the best place. It's like the EPL in soccer. It is where all the best. So the EPL's got Messi playing from Argentina. You know, you've got all of these Brazilians and French and Croats and, you know, people from all across the world playing, and now we have that in golf, and I think it's fantastic. Well, and the tour is moving around a little bit, too. There's there's very much sanctioned events in other countries. China, Mexico. Pull, pulling all that together. I started playing, I think the first time I played in China, about 20 years ago, maybe almost 25 years ago. Way ahead of the curve. Well, I mean, the curve from what some of these guys are coming o- over now, however, the golf courses were, you know, quote, built by, I'm not sure they were, but they had, you know, the names of... Nicholas and Palmer and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking primarily in Shenzhen, China, which is just outside of Hong Kong. Great golf courses. I mean, great layouts. And, yeah, they didn't have 
some of the same touch and feel and that kind of thing that that we do here, but they do now. And, uh, you know, there was the culture behind it and the status symbol behind it. Uh, it was it was an important stuff. So it's not a surprise that you're starting to see some really, really good players. No, and I think it's great to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, golf globally is growing. we got to keep it growing in the States. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, Tyler Duncan, great story this week. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm sorry, at the Nelson. Right, Nelson. He had two really good rounds. Um, probably somewhere in the top oh, six or eight in the field as he was approaching Saturday's round. Golf playing well on Saturday. Five, six under par. Hit an errant tee shot, errant second shot on Saturday. And hit an interesting fan. Do you know? You want to know who he hit, bro? I don't know who he, who he hit. He hit his wife. <laughs> So he's more accurate than we thought. He said it was an accident. <laughs> I hope she didn't get hurt very bad. He won bounced it. Okay, so yeah. she didn't get hurt that yeah. bad. So yeah. it, was, it was a warning shot. Yeah, it was a warning shot. Of, <laughs> uh, a shot fired over the bow. Um, he said it was funny because he didn't know till after the round that he hit her. That means um, she's a gamer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good for her. Yep. And uh, and by the way, it was the only hole he bogeyed on Saturday. Well, not that good for her. You know, normally it hits a fan. You know, back in Arnie's day, and he'd be set up for a birdie after it hit a fan. So she's got to work on that a little bit. Maybe uh, he needs to two-hop it into her next time so she's got a better sh- a chance to react. Right. Uh, this week on tour is the Charles Schwab Challenge. It used to be, you know, the Colonial Invitational. It's had a, a bunch of different names over the years. I got a great story to tell about that, but I also want to mention we're going to touch about what a great charitable fundraising engine golf is in general this show and uh it it never gets mentioned never gets mentioned and what it does uh in communities all across the country is outstanding but um so this week though we're at colonial country club in fort worth great story so they call it hogan's alley yeah i've heard that a hundred times alley yep uh really really one of the ugliest jackets that's ever been dished out passed out for a championship trophy it's like a plaid, and it's like it looks like a couch from like the forties. I take it. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, I I'll take it. You don't, you don't have one. one. Give it to me. I don't have <laughs> one. Be the most beautiful jacket. Exactly. You'd be wearing that out every I'd time wear it we right would go. Now, if I won this thing for <laughs> sure, don't get me wrong. However, buddy Craig Steller and I, tournaments were fantastic. They had dinner dinner for us every night in the Ben Hogan room. Spectacular, spectacular, right? So even with Stads, you know, Stads is kind of a short stocky guy yep. go through got beautiful spread salads and all this stuff and stads is i'm kind of keeping an eye on him it's it's no salad on there it's got you know not a lot of greens not a passing on the veggies not a whole lot of things and then we get to the to the very end and there is a big huge slab of meat like a prime rib thing or yeah it's like it i mean spot? it is guys yeah. cut it on okay. the spot and I look at Sads is talking to the guy, and he says, Bud, can you turn it over and give me about this much off the bottom? <laughs> and the guy says, it's my favorite part as well. This was a big guy, that sh- probably the chef. And um, so we go over to the table, and I sit down. You know, I've got some vegetables. I've got some potatoes. i got this. i got a little meat on there. And there's Stads just with a big frisbee-sized hunk of grisly. Perfect, and he's like, perfect. There was it was dead silent at that table. Nothing went on. Focus. It was focused. Focus. Man. It was focused. Great stuff. Well, that that's going to wrap up the on range segment uh, here. Our first segment on uh, golf with Jay Delsing. Please come back. We are headed to the front nine. This is golf with Jay Delsing on one hundred and one ESPN. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate, finance, and restructuring, and succession planning. 
Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Spring is here, and if you're in the market for a new home, you've got to call my friend Joe Schieser at USA Mortgage. He's been a loan officer for 26 years here in St. Louis. He's closed over $500 million worth of loans and specializes in pairing the right loan program for each borrower. He has unique loans for first-time borrowers as well, for VA loans for veterans, uh, no-cost loans and for refinances, and cash-out opportunities to pay off credit card debt or to make some home improvements. Don't pass up the chance to improve your financial position while the rates are still low. I'm actually in the process of trying to go from a 30-year fix to a 15-year fix, and it's all because of Joe. Call Joe at 314-628-2015 today. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay and John are here to bring you this segment we like to call The Front Nine. I'll be interviewing Bill Donius later in the year. He's a St. Louis native who teaches his unique creative problem-solving methodology to clients that include a lot of folks from the Fortune 500 as well as artists, scientists, and athletes. Bill's been helping people get unstuck, Burley. Unstuck. I could use that plenty of times in my life. I could use it right now, probably. From those thorny problems they typically have not resolved. His methodology is easy to learn and based on a Nobel Prize-winning discovery in science. Bill will be bringing his workshop, Meet Your Better Half, um, in October from the 20th through the 25th to the Omega Institute in beautiful Rhinebeck, New York, 90 miles outside of New York City. If you haven't been to the Omega Institute, it's gorgeous campus with great amenities, yoga, kayaking, trails, gardens, etc. Uh, but not enough about how great Omega is. Let's get back to what you're really here for, Bill's revenue, revolutionary method of problem solving. So if you're feeling stuck in life, work, or even on the course, book his workshop in October at www.eomega.com. Dot org or visit his website at williamdonius.com. That's D-O-N-I-U-S.com. I highly recommend you take a look at his book, Thought Revolution, and start your journey. Join me as we learn more about how the brain works and how we can become a better problem solver and even a better golfer. And Pearl, this is crazy. Bill was in carpool with my sister's. Small, small world. Fantastic. Bill's a great guy. Talk to him on the phone. Uh, it's great to see him. He's a, a, a best-selling um, novelist. and uh, uh, Oh, man, I, he's, he's just an extremely well-accomplished dude. So, um, yeah, so that's great. And, uh, and uh, we'll hear uh, from Bill later in the year. Uh, so we're in the segment now. We gotta, we're going to read our question. But anybody that reaches out to us, and has a question or comment, and he's golf-related story, and we select it. Pearly will read it on air, and the winner gets golf for two at Gateway National Golf Club. Compliments of Walters Golf Management. This week uh, we have a, a note from uh, Bridget. Can you please help me get out of this brutal rough? I know it won't always be this long, but I cannot even get my club on the ball some of the time. Well, Bridget... We've had so much rain in the area this this uh, spring. That has got to be a common, common problem for everyone. The biggest thing, Pearl, right now, this rough is equivalent to almost a one-shot penalty. Yeah. At least well, a half a shot. And so I know you're going to go there, but let's keep it at that half shot or the one shot, and let's not turn it into more. Right. So, Bridget, I don't know how powerful a player you are, but I am going to recommend you going in there with – no 
longer of a club than an eight iron. Okay, get in. What you need is loft, Bridget, and what you also need is to change your angle of attack a little bit. And all that—that's a fancy word for saying let's chop down on this ball a little bit. So we're going to be a little more abrupt, or our, our, our up. The club head is going to move a little up on your backswing, and then it wants—I want it to go more straight down and right on the back of the ball. And Bridget, what we're trying to do is avoid as much interference from that grass on your downswing as we can. And if that 8-iron doesn't pop that ball up in the air, then get get a pitching wedge, get it out of the rough. Back in the fairway, baby. Back in the fairway and take your medicine. And look, it sucks. I hate having to tell you that. And I know you don't want to do, you know, give up that shot. But, hell, if you don't, you might spend three more getting it out of the rough. But it's a big part of the game, and you don't want to spend three more getting out of it. But I think there's also something... When you're playing the hole, when you're playing the golf course, that's part of the strategy. Where do I need to hit these shots to have the best chance to hit the rough? Excuse me, to hit the fairway. When I'd caddy for you, we talk about that all the time. What's what's that right angle? Yeah, you can hit your driver way down there, but depending on how long that rough is, and a lot of times you guys are strong, you could kind of get away, away with it, but then you couldn't get the spin and the control on the ball and that type of thing. You know, this a couple weeks ago when the guys were playing lift, clean, and place out on tour, you could see what a huge deal it was because they were allowed to lift clean in place when it was in their fairway. Right. But they got those same conditions, and it's sitting in the mud, down in that tall grass, etc. It was night and day what they could do with the ball. Pearl, I did PGA Tour Live, the Zurich Classic, and the first two rounds they had lift clean in place. And this, the third and fourth round they did not. And it was an incredible difference. I was telling folks, lift clean in place is a gigantic advantage here. You know, where you can select the lie so you know you're taking so much of the mystery out of it. And, Bridget, it's just tough. And, and you know what? Hang in there. It's going to get a little warmer. They're going to get those mowers out through some of that wet rough. But right now, it's just tough. But part of that, too, is just to get maybe one more step down this, is a little bit in that rhythm of the round. Even if you're chipping it out of the rough, if you will, or slugging it out of the rough to get back in the fairway and you're not getting much distance, Stay focused to keep it in the fairway, hole after hole. Otherwise, you can really get worn out, and the whole round can go to heck. No, so, no question. You know, you, yeah, you're giving up a little bit here and there, but at the end of the day, it could really help you get back on pace and around. I can remember playing our senior year. We were playing L.A. North. Great, great golf course. Great course. The fairways were – the rough was so long. You know, supposed to be a pretty decent, you know, college <laughs> player. We were fairly strong. More than once, I was hitting sandwich out of that rough to get it back in the fairway. That was a pretty darn long golf course at the time. But it was back to that rhythm. Then you can do some things when it's in the fairway, but you advance and you're in the rough again. My gosh, it's it's a snowball effect. Yeah, it's so true. Excuse me. And, um, yeah, so we got to get you out of that rough, yep. get you back into a, a lie that you can handle. And not only you, all of us can handle. Well, I can't wait for this interview. Let's go to the Chris Carpenter interview. Man, I, I'm sitting here looking at your, your stats and um, – and I got to tell you, one one of the things I'm a baseball junkie. I just love it. And and one of the things that comes to mind, uh, I think it was game, man, was it game six against Texas? Right at the beginning of the game, that crazy play at first base. Yeah, that was game one. Was that game one? And um, I I've got that picture of you with I, I think you're kind of laying across first base. I think the ball's in your glove. There's a hand out there, and I I mean. Um, uh, it, one of the things, Carp, that, that um, comes to mind, and you have been compared to Bob Gibson with, with some of the, the way you competed. I, I felt like watching you on the mound, there was just this high level of compete or passion or, or, or whatever that I don't see that much in the game anymore. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's just the way that I was, I guess, raised or what's in my my. My, my genes um, of the way that uh, I competed, but it also was a, a, a time where, you know, <clears throat> I got to a point in my career where the game was taken away from me with my first shoulder surgery. And uh, um, I got released by Toronto. This is before I signed with St. Louis. And, and I just uh, had a change in, in my mindset. And that was that I was going to make um, whatever time I had left to play every time I took the mound, the most important day. Um, and that, that was the most important start and the most important time for my team. Um, so I, I just, I think I took it to another level. Um, when you look at it today, I think there's been 
some emotion taken out of it because they're trying to control all that too, right? Um, they're trying to to not, I, I feel, and some guys not allow them to be themselves. And, and you know, guys, there's, there's no uh, throwing inside anymore. There's no brushing guys back. You throw a ball inside, and next thing you know, benches are clearing and guys are fighting. And, you know, I mean, you can't even miss inside without, you know, guys dropping their bats, going, you know, yelling at you. Um, and back, you know, when I first came up, that was part of the game, man. You took a big old swing. I'm, I'm firing it in there. It was just a different game. Hard slides, you know, the collisions at home plate. It was just, it was different. And, it, and it, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just, the, you know, the time and how the game changes throughout, throughout time. Uh, it wasn't the same back in the 60s as it was when I played. So it's just the change and the evolution of the, of the game of baseball. And, and also the, the evolution of, of humans. I think that the culture is different now and um, it's just the part of the game, part of the change. I, I was kind of taught that the game kind of, the players kind of took care of all that themselves. You know, there was, um, there was ways to, uh, to handle all that, to just kind of police it yourselves. But I think you made a great point, um, especially when I look at some of the young PGA tour players and, and things like that. This It's a whole different world that we're living in. I really think carp that the, that the, the guys that play on the tour now, they genuinely like each other at a different level than when I was playing. Are you, seeing, are you seeing that kind of in, in MLB yeah, as well? Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I say, say it now. There's, um, I, when I go in and, and, and work and see the guys, I'd never be able to play now. One, the, uh, there's the, the manager takes you out too soon. You're not allowed to pitch long enough. <laughs> So I'd, that would have uh, pissed you off a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I would have been upset about that. But the second thing is, is if you watch a game now, I mean, it's constant, like the opponents, meaning like a guy gets on first base or a guy gets on second base or before the game or whatever it is. I mean, we're on the field and and, and they're laughing and joking around. And, uh, you know, I, if, if I give up a double and the guy gets to second base and a run scores and my second baseman's joking around with, the guy that just hit a double off me, I mean, we're going to have an issue. And that, that the game has just changed that way. Um, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of um, interaction between, I mean, between opponents. And, and, you know, again, what I was taught when I came up, and, the, and you didn't speak to your opponent because that gave you an edge. As long as they didn't know what you were like on the field in between the lines and how you competed, you didn't, you didn't compete. I mean, you didn't speak to them. You didn't interact with them. You were going out to, to, to beat them, and it was important. Um and, you know, off the field, that's a different story. You can go golf or do whatever you want, but when you cross those lines, it's a different level of, of competitiveness, and, and you just don't see that. You see a lot of interaction, a lot of laughter, a lot of guys having fun, and, again, it's just a different uh, time. It's a different evolution of the, of the game of baseball. A lot of these guys do know each other, right? They've either gone to college or played on these junior teams or travel leagues around the country. They go to these showcase things now that are bigger. Um, so they all kind of grow up together and know one another, and it's just a different time, man. Yeah, it's interesting, Carp, because if I was going to play in the last group on Sunday with you, I was not going out to dinner with you Saturday night. No chance. Not a chance. Or I'm going to communicate with you throughout the game. <laughs> no, it was it – was, that's just kind of the way it was, but I see these guys now, and I don't know if there's a social media component. There's all sorts of different uh, – but uh, you're right, it's changed. Now, in your opinion, better, worse, does it matter? I don't think it matters. You know, I used to sit and listen to one guy that I love listen to talk was Red Shandies, and he he talked you know about he he was in the clubhouse and and around us, you know, all the way up until he passed away, and and he never complained about changes of the game. Uh, and of course, you know, he's back riding trains and and things like that. It was a totally different game when when he he played, but. Um, it's just an evolution of, again, uh, the game and an evolution of, of just the human being and the culture of, of our world. Um, so you either can have an opinion, you know, which I do. There's things that I like and I dislike, but you can't you can't hate the game. You gotta you gotta enjoy the where it's going and, and, and what it looks like because it's still a beautiful game, just like golf and just like any anything else. You know, you look at hockey or or football, and the, the rules are taken into football. The rules are taken into hockey to try to eliminate some of that super physical stuff and all the other, you know, it's just the whole world's changing and that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's, it's really true. What a great time of year. I, I always love carp when the masters comes around because now, you know, it's the first major 
to me, it signifies like baseball season started and playoff hockey. I mean, I, I, I can't yeah. get enough of all that. It's so funny because I just said that um, when it happened, like the Masters was coming up and I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, man, it's like this is like the, my favorite week of the year. And no joke, I like it's so funny that you said that. I was like, my favorite week of the year because here in New Hampshire, that you know, the flowers and leaves are starting to, to come out. We're starting to get into spring. Um, you, you got the Masters going on. It's all super nice. It's the first, you know, big big tournament of the year. And then my favorite is the the, the playoff hockey that's going on. Baseball season has started here a week or so into the into the season for that, and just the whole sport and time of year is just uh, is awesome. How did you? Uh prep mentally for a game and and um was that the most important thing for you was your mind and not necessarily your stuff that day absolutely uh no question about it and and i prepared for it with experience and and uh and learning myself and learn how to do it it's interesting that you you said that because that was something that i shared with the guys in spring training this year when i was down there is people talk about and you've probably heard it and, and i'm sure uh, the audience has heard this is that yeah, the, the saying that you can't just flip flip the switch when you want um, and turn it on when you want and turn it off when you want. And I, I think that's a false statement. I think that's when you get to the level of, of what we did, you have to be really good at that. Um, so you turn it on for a pitch and, you, and in between pitches, you turn it off and turn it on and turn it off and turn it on and turn it off. Because that's, if you, like you said, try to stay focused. If I try to stay locked in for two and a half hours, um, constantly you're, you're you got no chance you you as a golfer or anyone else that's playing golf that you know five hours of you just can't do it but to turn it on each and every shot you know being able to come up and and, and take that <clears throat> that preparation and the, the however long couple minutes or a minute that it takes to hit that shot and then let it go as you walk up to your next and then turn it back on to your next that's that's the key to to being successful at, at the level that we played at yeah. um and I prepared by practicing that. You have to practice to, to do that, um, just like you do your golf swing, just like I do on the mound to, to make pitches uh, in the gym, all that other stuff. You have to practice that mental mental mindset to, to be able to eliminate the distraction, focus on what you need to do, eliminate the distraction, then focus back on what you need to do. And um, it's important to, to be successful at our level as you do that. You had a thing from our, our, our good friend, Chris Smith. Smitty used to talk about how you'd say eliminate the garbage. And yeah. one, of the, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well, the adversity, you know, I had to prepare myself for lousy bounces, for great putts that didn't go in, and, and, and also by great play from other people, you know, because yep. I had zero control of all that stuff once the ball left my club. How did you deal with, you know, a, a pop fly that doesn't get caught, some of the fundamental, you know, a – a cutoff man doesn't get hit. All that stuff affects the game, and eventually, whether you get an L or a W hung on you. Yeah, and, and again, you exactly you, you said it perfectly. I can't control any of that, and I learned over time and experience when I was early on in my career. I let that stuff bother me, um, and then it ultimately kept me from being able to do my job the best that I can that night. Um, so over time, I learned that uh, I can only control what I can control, and that's my job, the way that I pitch, executing pitches, and the best of my ability. And to do that, um, I need to eliminate all the other stuff. My guys aren't out there not trying to catch the ball. My guys aren't out there not trying to hit the cutoff. Man, they're trying as hard as I can or as hard as I am uh, that night. So i got to just go and, and do my, my job. I can't control what, what inning the, the manager comes and gets me. That's his decision. Um, he needs to answer those questions if, from, from the media after the game, not me. My job is to take the ball as long as I could um, until the manager came and got it and did the best job of my ability to, to execute pitches. And it, it's difficult, man. Again, it's, it takes practice to get there. Um, you know, as you know, as a golfer, to, to go walk 18 holes and, and play for five hours with all kinds of, like you said, bounces and other things going on, um, you, you better be really, really good at it <laughs> to eliminate that stuff. And just focus on the next, the next uh, pitch or the next next shot, or you're not going to be very successful. It's just a process, and you know if you stick to that process, ultimately in the end, because your talent, your talent's going to bring you as far as you can go. And if we're good enough, we're going to win. That wraps up the front nine. 
Oh, man, I can't wait to get back to this interview. But um, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a pause. We need to hear uh, a few commercials for the folks that support us here at Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Are you looking for a golf training facility and PGA pros to help you out year-round? Make sure you get to Golf Tech. They've been in St. Louis since 2007 and have three convenient locations to serve you. They've got state-of-the-art video equipment, and you can take your lesson home with you and replay it as much as you'd like. Start with a golf swing evaluation for only $125 and let a Golf Tech coach customize a game plan for you. 314-721-GOLF. You can find them online as well, golftech.com-st. Louis. Play better. Swing better. Golf Tech. I got a big shout-out and a thank you to Whitmore Country Club for supporting my golf show. I don't know if you know, Whitmore Country Club has 72 holes of golf. There's a 24-hour fitness center and has a extremely large pool complex. This is a family-friendly country club to belong to. There's a kids' club in the main clubhouse right near the fitness center. There are golf leagues, skinned game Members, tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If you join at Whitmore, you also get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in that membership. There are no food or beverage minimums, no assessments. Go out and see my friend Bummer out in the clubhouse. He is an absolute jewel and a wonderful guy that will tell you all you need to know. Or you can call Whitmore at 636-926-9622. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie and I are here, and uh, this is our third segment we call The Back Nine. Um before we get back into that Chris Carpenter interview, I want to thank and tell you about the the people at Whitmore Country Club. 72 holes of golf at Whitmore. You get Missouri Bluffs, Links of Dardeen, Golf Club of Wentzville um, in that membership, and your cart fees are included. No food or beverage minimums here and no assessments. There's a 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, year-round social calendar, and this is big. This is a family-oriented, family-strong country club. They have great holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music, a kid's club. You can drop your kids off. They can hang out with other kids, and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis. There's obviously a swim team that's available for your kids to join. A family-friendly atmosphere for sure, a wonderful staff, and then we got Bummer. Bummer Barry is just a great guy authentic guy in the golf shop. He is available to help you with your game and answer any questions that you might have. There's golf league, skins games, member tournaments, couples events all year long. Call Whitmore at 636-926-9622. Let's get back and listen to that interview with Chris Carpenter. Yeah, it, it did. And again, it you go in... It, no matter what the media wants, right? You, I could go out and throw eight shutouts, and there, and it was always going to have some sort of negative um, something in it. It was always like that. They would talk about how I dominated, and then at the end, or while they were expressing or explaining who I was, they would throw in the off-injured Chris Carpenter or the always-injured Chris Carpenter, you know, because I had an injury history, something like that. There was always these negative aspects to it. And again, ultimately, it comes back to being able to eliminate the distractions, eliminate all the uh, uh, all the mess, because at the end of the day, I really could care less what the media guy has to say about me. What I care about is the guys that are in the clubhouse, and if we end up winning, no matter if I give up four or give up zero, um, that's what matters to me. And it, it again it goes back to just continuing to practice, constantly um, um, getting rid of those negative thoughts or negative distractions, and replacing them with positive ones. Yeah, good stuff. Herb, what are you doing with the cards now? Um, tell tell the listeners. I know they uh, would love to see you around more, but we also have uh, Sam and Ava that you're uh, dad to. So um, uh, give us a little insight as to what you're doing with the cards, and then we'll talk about the, the kids in a little bit. Yeah, so um, as they're getting older, I'm getting a little bit more time, and, and I'm able to, to – uh, I'm actually just a special assistant to, to Mo, and uh, I go into the big league club once a month, 
uh, for a series. I, I spent this last month, I spent uh, four days in uh, D.C. with them. Um, this month, I'm actually going to be in Texas this week, and then I'll be in Philly uh, at the end of the month. Uh, and I'm just going in and I'm mentoring, trying to share experience. Uh, my experiences, knowing that not that my experiences aren't the only experiences, but um, I've pretty pretty much gone through everything and anything on the field and off the field personally that you could think of. And so I'm just there trying to trying to share, man, trying to make guys better if they have questions, trying to help them out with how I dealt with some of that stuff, kind of like what we're talking about now. And then that's mindset, eliminate distractions, helping them get mentally through through games and stay focused on what they're doing. Um, and then, uh, and not just players, but, you know, coaches too, and, and being able to, to just be a presence with my experiences that I've had. And it's been fun. Um, I spent two weeks in spring training and then, uh, I've been able to, to, um, spend, like I said, this year, it's going to be a, uh, once a month in, in the big, with the big league club. And, um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I think there's a, a future there as my kids get older and I get more time to take on more, more of a responsibility and, and Mo's been great and Shilty's been great to, to allow me to, uh, to set my schedule around my children, which are the most important. I only got a few more years left with them and, uh, before they're off to college. And, and, uh, so they've been great. The organization's been great to allow me to be a part of it and, uh, come into their, their intimate setting in that clubhouse, you know, once a month where, you know, you turn into a, a family and, and they've allowed me to be able to come in there and, and be a part of it. That's really cool. One of the things I miss the most about playing golf, I, I love being able to set my schedule, but not having teammates to kind of lay on or help or, or you know, con- console when you needed uh, someone that, like yourself, you've been through the war, you know what it's like, and that, with that comes that credibility, man. Everybody just perks up when someone like you has something to say because you're a real guy and you've been through it, and it's not easy. Yeah, and it's not. And the other thing I think is I've been I'm, I'm pretty honest with them. I'm not afraid to, to share good or bad. And I've told, I told them that when I, when I walk into the clubhouse in spring training and they introduce me, it's like, listen, you might not always like what you hear, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. And I'm just going to be true. And it doesn't mean that I'm judging you. I don't like you, but I'm just going to give you the best I can give you. And, and sometimes it's going to hurt, but you're going to have to deal with it or you don't have to listen, but that's just the way it is. And, um, and I think all the guys have, have been, like I said, been great. Um, they, they, we have a bunch of young, really good dudes that, that want to learn, want to listen and want to get better, but also, uh, want to compete and, and want to win. So it's been a lot of fun to work with the, the guys that, that we have on our ball club, all the way from Wayno down to Jack and, and in Dakota and those, those guys, the younger players too, even, you know, Paul Young and, and Bader being able to talk to those guys. It's not just pitchers. So it's been a lot of fun. Do you see similarities to golf and to baseball? I love the fact that I just get the chance to talk to you and talk about the mental side of your sport, what you try to do. But where do you see, I see so many similarities. Does, does that resonate at all with you? Absolutely. Especially, you know, like, like you said, as a, as a golfer and, and as a starting pitcher where it's, you know, one pitch, one pitch, one pitch, or one shot, one shot, one shot. Um, and it's for a long period of time. Um, there's a, a, a ton. And again, it all goes back, you know, if you go on tour, right. And, and you look at all the guys on tour, I mean, granted, there's a few guys here and there that are, are better than others or maybe more talented than others. Um, but for the most part, you can lump your guys yourself and, 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 and put your guys into a big group and say, you know, any one of you out of the 100 and what is it, 25 a week that, that get into a tournament or something like that, 150, um, have a chance to win, right? You're all talented. You're all, you're all shots, mid-60s. You're all, you know, you're all good. Um, and it's the same in, in baseball. We're, you know, you take a starting staff or a group of pitchers. We're all super talented in our own way. And I think the level or what makes you – the next level to win is your mind. And uh, if you can stay consistent mentally, um, which is really, really hard, you can stay consistent mentally, you're going to, you're going to win. And because your talent is going to take you there. And it's the same with pitching. I I share with those guys, the guys that you just stick to the process and and stay consistent mentally. Your physical, it doesn't matter how you work out. doesn't matter how much you run. um, You're going to go out and compete. If you can stay there mentally, you're going to win. And uh, there's just the way it works, I think, in, in any sport. But, um, you know, as a quarterback in the NFL or 
even a goalie in, in, in hockey. It's, uh, it's very, a lot of similarities in all sports. Yeah, that's great. Well, just one last thing, and I appreciate all this time, Carp. What gets you out of bed in the morning? I, I mean, I hear the passion in your voice for your kids. I still know you love the game. What, uh, what's, what gets you out of bed? What keeps driving you? Yeah, again, uh, my kids, I, I enjoy waking up. I, I had them, uh, I just got home dropping them, my daughter off at school, and my son obviously is driving. But um, my kids, um, and just the joy for life, man. <laughs> I, um, I went, like I said, I, I went through some times where it wasn't so joyful. And uh, waking up in the morning and, and understanding what I have and, and how blessed I've been and how fortunate I've been uh, and, and what an amazing life that I've had to have the opportunity to, to play at the level I did for as long as I did, have the support from all the people around me, um, and now get to just wake up and experience that um, is is what gets me up and gets me going and, and gives me joy inside. And, and uh, I never took any of it for granted. Uh, I appreciated everything and everything that anybody did for me and, and support for me. And um, and now I just get to get, get to enjoy it, and, and I like that. And watching baseball, watching golf, you know, playing golf. Um, I enjoy watching our, our team. I watch them every day and um, experience some of my relationships that, uh, with my friends and, and family that I missed out on for a long period of time because of being so involved in baseball and traveling all the time. So I spend time with my parents more and stuff like that. So it's, uh, there's a lot of good things, but basically just waking up and, and, and experiencing my life is, uh, is, is what gets me going. Well, that's going to do it for the back nine. Can't wait to uh, chat a little bit about Chris Carpenter, what a what a neat person he is. Um, well, we'll be heading to the 19th hole after these messages. This is John and Jay, Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Now that spring is here, if you're like me, you're looking at ways to freshen up your home. So I want to tell you about Jerseyville Carpet and Furniture Gallery. They have the largest selection of Lazy Boy and Flex Steel furniture with a full-service Mohawk color center, including carpet, hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring, and they offer professional installation. They've got sofas starting at $377, Lazy Boy recliners regularly $1,593 for only $798. The great thing about Jerseyville is that they offer delivery and setup, and they haul off your old furniture for free. Jerseyville has been family-owned since 1973, starting with Danny Capps. Come on by and talk to Danny's sons, Matt or Jared Capps, or one of the designers for in-home consultations, you can visit their website at www.jerseyvillecarpetfurniture.net. Spring is here, and if you're in the market for a new home, you've got to call my friend Joe Schieser at USA Mortgage. He's been a loan officer for 26 years here in St. Louis. He's closed over $500 million worth of loans and specializes in pairing the right loan program for each borrower. He has unique loans for first-time borrowers as well, for VA loans for veterans, uh, no-cost loans and for refinances and cash-out opportunities to pay off credit card debt or to make some home improvements. Don't pass up the chance to improve your financial position while the rates are still low. I'm actually in the process of trying to go from a 30-year fix to a 15-year fix, and it's all because of Joe. Call Joe at 314-628-2015 today. It's time for the 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill. Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill, the best burgers in town since 1986. Mike Duffy's Pub and Grill, the best burgers in town since 1986. Well, thank you for staying with us. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Jay Delsing here. I got my buddy John Perla sitting next to me. We just finished 18 holes. We are headed to our favorite part of this golf experience, the 19th hole. And um, Mike Duffy's Pearl. Mike Duffy's is the official sponsor of the 19th hole on the Golf with Jay Delsing show. And we are hosting our first event at Mike Duffy's May 30th, the Kirkwood location from 5 to 7. Come on by. And that first beer, first cocktail, first story, well, maybe the second and third story will be on us too, Pearl. <laughs> and I'm doing trivia, I think. I'm going to try to do some golf trivia to get things rolling. But if they're already rolling, then we're not doing any golf trivia. We'll go with whatever we're rolling with. That's right. And, and if you don't know about Mike Duffy's, Mike uh, started his uh, first store in Kirkwood in 1986. He had a simple fa- simple plan, excuse me, create a friendly, family-friendly uh, neighborhood pub and grill where you are going to get good food served by good people. 
And so mission accomplished by Mike and his team. Now there's three locations, one in Richmond Heights and the other in town and country. Um, check out their daily specials. There's trivia nights, live music. Oh, man, they've got a huge selection of beer. Uh, if you get into to, uh, one of the, the uh, their locations, ask if Mike's there. He's working his tail off. He's always there, a friendly guy, loves golf. So, um, yeah, go in and say hi to Mike and make sure you put May 30th on your calendar from 5 to 7, the Kirkwood location. Pearlie and I will be there. We're going to buy you a beer. I like it. I'm excited about it already. Pearlie, if you said you were going to buy me a beer, I would go somewhere with you right after this show. Okay. I'm going to buy you a beer. It's going to be a breakfast beer, but we're going to go figure <laughs> exactly that out. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the things, the Chris Carpenter, what a what a um, interesting perspective from, uh, man, such an accomplished athlete, high-level guy to deal with so many surgeries, Pearl. Big-time shoulder reconstructions, three elbow surgeries, you know, just things like that. And he went for a streak in a nine-year period. He had the highest winning percentage in the major leagues. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. And, those are, and, and most of that, that pearl came after a good majority of those surgeries and rehabs. And, you know, most athletes will tell you rehab can be renamed hell. Mm. You know, and so, um, yeah, and I know what uh, the Cardinals love about him is his attitude and his um, – used to call it mound presence and he's really they're really wanting him to be around these young pitchers to to you know you can just tell those folks that have it and, that intangible uh, that thing you can't really teach but right. somehow maybe it rubs off a little bit and they've always kind of um you know we mentioned this in the interview always talked about him and bob gibson analogies mm-hmm. where they are just pit bulls on that mound you know and this is their plate and they're throwing and you better get out of the way so uh yeah great stuff really appreciate carb coming on Pearl, I want to talk a little bit about the charitable portion of golf. Mm-hmm. The P, not only PGA Tour, in St. Louis, man, golf is utilized all over the place to raise money for different events. And we are talking about, just in St. Louis, millions and millions of dollars raised through golf. Last year at the PGA Championship, we didn't get the number released to us, but I know it had to come close to $5, 8000000 million that stayed here locally from the PGA Championship for charity. I mean, I can tell you this. The PGA Tour was formed in the middle 60s when the PGA Tour broke away from the PGA of America. And Jack and Arnold and all the, you know, the the icons of the game wanted to have their own tour. Since then, and always had the charitable component involved, live and well, since then, the PGA Tour, Pearlie, has raised over $2 billion, with a B, dollars for charity. Arnold Palmer's built... Three children's hospitals. Seriously? Yeah, well, Nicholas is going after that as well with uh, him and Barbara and uh, everything that they've done. And, you know, I, that gets mentioned a little bit. Like you said, not not as much and uh, not pointed out quite as often. But I think another component of that, yes, that PGA Tour, but what about just all the local events every year? I think when I was down in Phoenix, I think there was like six or 700, you know, little charitable outings Every year, so all kinds of things. Let alone when the TPC uh, Scottsdale was there, uh, the Thunderbirds. That they were absolutely crazy how much money they raised over there. So I think it's tour, which does get a little bit more publicity. But then there's well throughout the country, there's hundreds of thousands of smaller events. Right, and I think that's what my point is because people okay, so the PGA Tour doesn't advertise that, and I think they should. So what? But the fact that this game is is providing like this. Mm-hmm. It really state for what it is. And, and, and this is community stuff. Um, look, you know I'm a sportsman. I'm a baseball junkie, and baseball is my first love in my life. But who's putting a pickup baseball game to raise money for charity? Well, there's some of that, but not anything close to like you're saying with golf. But I think the other thing, you know, that, that golf brings to it is how much, what's the right, right uh, value your money's going to charity, but you also get to spend a great day on the golf course and a lot of times with a bunch of other good people. And maybe you get to see you around here, you know, uh, give a little uh, demo on, uh, you know, uh, ball striking or, you know, the mental part of the game or whatever. So there's so many other components that, you know, whatever, selfishly, if you will, that that donation, that contribution to charity, you're really benefiting from as well. 
uh, being out there. So that's, that's a positive. The bottom line is companies look for that all the time. Yes, they want to contribute in all different ways in the world, but they want to also see, you know, we want some publicity for it. We want some return on it and things like that. And I think golf gives you that in spades. As right. compared to some of the other sports, it's tough for them to go as deep because of uh, – of the nature of their sports. And look, the, the folks, the DeWitt family, friends of mine that, that own the Cardinals, they are an incredible corporate citizen. I wasn't meaning to say that. I'm just talking about the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, the, what, the, the golf is one of the favorite pastimes for Fortune 500 CEOs. And, you know, what I'm talking about there is decision makers that like to spend their time and money and, you know, sponsor events, get involved in, you know, cancer, golf-related things, and, I'll make a wish. Gosh, we could go on and on mm-hmm. with great, great um, uh, charitable organizations that, that raise money for, for terrific causes. And, you know, the, the golf vehicle, perfect. Years ago, my father, just to give an example of the, the, the smaller piece of this, we threw a little for, with the, for the Red Mountain Academy in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And we get a dozen, maybe up to two dozen guys once or twice a year, go up to the mountains outside of Phoenix and that same thing. Everybody throws some money in the hat. We'd raise five or ten or twenty grand for this uh, for this group. Everybody had a great time. Everybody was more knowledgeable about what was going on, and it just became kind of one of those annual things. So that was just a very small piece of that. But there was so many positive things on the peripheral that happened because of those events. Well, I I, I participated in that event. Yeah, because my dad would hound you for uh, for equipment and gifts yeah, and all that yeah, kind of but stuff. But I was glad time. to do it. I mean, I felt good about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I know I never was able to make it to the event, but I still felt good that I was trying to support it. And you, you're a huge support, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so, um, man, that's cool. Let's do this tip of the week. This is a cool tip. Pearly, I don't know how many times when you were caddying for me on the PGA mm. Tour, we talked about this tip. So rhythm is a huge part of your golf swing. Absolutely. Huge Absolutely. part of your golf swing. And everybody wants to crush it. I want to crush it. You want to crush it. We're going to go, we're going to go play later. If you really want to crush it, work on this rhythm. And how do you work on this rhythm? Focus on getting into the good rhythm with your golf swing by a smoother, slower takeaway. And I'm, I'm not talking about all the way to the top. And folks, I don't even want you thinking about the top of your backswing at all. All I want you to focus on is the first 12 to 14 inches of your backstroke on your uh, long game, your short game, all of it, and make it smooth. Okay? You want to hit the ball further? We want your downswing to have more speed than your backswing. And so many times I see folks trying to smash one and their backswing is so fast, you can't possibly catch up. No, you cannot. And if you watch these great players on tour, almost to the T, you see that. Very smooth, very deliberate takeaway. You just interviewed uh, Chris Carpenter, and there's an awful lot there, too. You don't see any of the the, the great uh, pitchers or probably any pitchers in the major league that uh, have a, even a fast wind-up, let alone a, a fast uh, beginning to their uh, to their move. Yeah, yeah I think it's. I think all sports uh, that that's absolutely sets you up. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Well, you got any more thoughts about the charity charitable stuff, uh, Pearl? I um, I can tell you, I did um, a make a wish. I used to do this make a wish stuff for some friends. Um, they were an Anheuser Busch distributor up in Jamestown, New York, and they would have a young some young girl or boy come in that was, you know, had cancer or something, mm-hmm. and we were out raising money for that. And I can just remember the look on those kids' faces because we were raising money to send them to Disney World, or we were raising money to send them to some sort of cool national park or some sort of baseball experience, whatever it was. And um, there's certain times that you don't ever forget. And I can remember this one instance, this little girl, you know, I'd always had, I had daughters, four daughters, and um, so I was kind of partial to the girls. And I can remember the smile that this event brought to her face with just, I'll never forget it. Mm. And, um, you know, you think about, uh, you, you know, you go out and, you know, it's a lot of guys will look at those days as kind of a pain in the butt. And, and, and at the end of the day, how you're moving the needle for some family, for some little girl's life who's going to be not long with us anyway is 
Yeah, no brainer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I got to tell you about Evolution Fitness, Pearly. What's one of the worst parts about going to the gym? The crowds, right? Tell me about it. Sometimes it's like being on the 18th green when Tiger's in contention. In home training, home training is where it's at. And if you're not a fan of fighting over the equipment or waiting in line uh, or just trying to work it in, out of your tight schedule, you got to check out our friends at Evolution Fitness. Man, in just a few short weeks, they'll have you feeling like you're in your early 20s again. Wow, that's a long that time ago. Good? I, can, I can't even ago. remember my early 20s. I'll try to remember. I'll sign up for that. Yeah. From the sports conditioning to strength training to nutritional uh, conditioning, they have all the tools to make you feel like a million bucks. The best part about Evolution Fitness, their expertise. These guys blew me away with their knowledge and made me feel at ease throughout the whole process. If you're looking to get back in shape and put a few more yards onto that tee shot, contact my friends at Evolution Fitness by visiting their website. That's evolutionfitnessstl.com and let them know that Jay Delsing sent you. And Pearly, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Man. Another good show. Way to go, Really, Jay. really fast. Thanks so much for joining I me and spending it. your Sunday with you. Meet. Thanks for telling us what to do, how to do it. Um, man, the only thing you're not doing is talking for us because Pearly and I are talking plenty. Um, Drew, thanks. Your folks at uh, BYK, great partnership. Really appreciate you. And uh, man, I just love this uh, this weather. Starting to get warm. Get rid of some of this rain. Let's go tee it up. Hit them straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday from 7 to 8 for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.